presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Welcome back to another episode of Hellfire Nights by the Bardic College. I'm Raz. And just want to do a quick recap. This episode was split into two pieces for your listening uh, because we try to record these in twos and we normally have a good break point. Uh, last time, though, the scenes were going, um, getting a little intense with Ashenbrenner and Rosmond Henshaw coming out of their uh, spell that Tevi had put under them and the convincing of the rest of the, the coterie of vampires that were there that he had the essential information that would prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this whole thing with Morgays was actually an ancient vampire's discipline draining the younger vampires of the area. And if she comes loose, you know, it's even worse than having, you know, a few younger generations out there feeding on people once in a while. She would be the cataclysmic end to London as we know it. So Tevi makes this promise. He goes off to get the books and we're left with Ashenbrenner and, and Rosman dealing with the effects of the spell. Ashenbrenner with the physical destruction to his studio in Haven, which again, Tevi did the first time with the Gollum because of Elijah's prodding to do it. This time because he was and is angry and now has a personal war with Ashenbrenner. Uh, but Rosman got caught up in it as well. And she's feeling the effects of the disconnect from the clan. The, uh, in second edition, in the way we, I've always played it, the Tremere have a very tight bond. It's background noise. It's ambient noise. They always hear each other. And uh, she was disconnected from that. And then the spell ends. She's still feeling the effects of not having her family um, in her awareness. So you're going to hear all that played out. And then a meeting with Kiernan that goes interesting. And some very, very important thoughts are, are brought up and points. So um, sit back. This one's about an hour as well, like usual. And I think you're going to, it's finally going to put all the pieces of chapter two together in, in this one tight conversation. And there is some rehashing and some recapping, which would be good for you guys if, if you know, because these shows come out every week. Sometimes, you know, things get lost uh, week to week. You forget. Sometimes we do. We have to recap. But uh, I think the players do a really nice job of presenting it all to you. So from all of us here at the Bardic College, again, always thanks for listening. And uh, sit back and enjoy another fun episode of Hellfire Nights. It would be my greatest honor, Don Edmundo. And then I'll, um, when I come up from the bow, I will be holding one of the sketches severed heads and kind of hold it out to the room. I am so sorry at my lack of courtesy. Would anyone like an aperitif? <laughs> Gracious host. Do you mean like aperitif as in a truffle hors d'oeuvre? Or do you mean like, can I actually eat something? I, then I, I guess I'll just kind of flip the head over and be like, do you want to suck the bloody brain stump of the head that I'm holding? Do you mind if I take it as a to-go snack? Because I really have to go home. You guys can talk to Kieran if you like. Please tell him everything. I will go home. I have many things to do. He cannot be kept waiting. Must go. Bye. Uh, b before she leaves, I will... I will um... Just uh, Miss Henshaw, I will yes. I will again just bow with with the deepest sincerity and say uh, it was an unparalleled honor to fight by your side. 
even if it was an hallucination. Oh, I sometimes find hallucinations are a very good time. And you were you were quite splendid the way that you just ripped out that one man's jugular. Quite fantastic. Again, just a just an appreciative nod. Yeah, Rosamond is obviously so scattered and 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 taken back by the fact that she got caught in some sort of magic, felt the effects of it, and that she's been disconnected from from her clan uh, psychically for some time, even though it's hours, it's more than she's ever felt in the last 180 years. She's, and she also knows that she had pressing business back at the Chantry. She is going to try to get out. Is ever, it, no one's stopping her physically, right? We're going to let her go. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is sketchy as hell that she keeps saying like, oh, we got to get back to him, him. Who's him? I want to stop me and try to ask, go right ahead. But you need to stop me, but like, Someone, if you need to stop me, go right ahead. I'm a patient woman. The only thing that I would say to you as Simona is I think that your testimony to Kiernan will be much more valuable than you going back home to they right now. I think that they will understand if you go and report this to the prince right away. Senorita. If I may, you have just come out of something very, a, a great ordeal. Not to mention the fact that this creature that my mistress told me I had to let leave this establishment could not be far out there. He may, be, I'm sure he is still watching. They could grab you again. Are you sure you do not wish to stay in the company of your amigos? You know, that is a very good point. But, um, Simona, darling, please follow me for a quick second while I uh, ha- sip on this severed head. Should I be doing this outside? Do you think the people would get nervous? I think that doing it outside um, near prying eyes would be a very bad idea. So I'll, I'll go with you to a sort of off corner. I mean, they're vampires. So they're going to be able to hear us anyway, but that's okay. I also don't believe that the good rabbi has the testicular fortitude to stay around after what he did. You would know him best. Good oh, I point, will. my good, my good man. But um, she would take Simona over and be like, "You do understand that I have been working on this case for quite some time, long before you arrived back home. And yes, you may be right that there is a supernatural force that has been identified. But I believe I found the cause. And by cause, I mean where it's spreading. If I don't stop it, more of our people are going to be." infected it is an infection a disease i must get this information to the people before certain members of my family do things i cannot fix do you understand i i really i don't think i can go to the prince looking like this and freaking out without having some some good old-fashioned family comforts what what do you mean doing things that your family might regret are they they're trying to figure out are you going to go back and tell them this information? We don't even know if it's if it's true. Tevi is supposed to bring us resources, but we don't know for sure. I think that it's important. I just had to vote. I was the tie-breaking vote on whether or not to keep those that have been affected on the same plane. You kept them alive, didn't you? Yes. Of course oh, I kept goodness. them alive. Oh, of course I kept them alive. I couldn't... 
they're still our people. I couldn't turn my back on them. That is good, because I have questions. But it's not just, I don't trust Heavy as far as I can throw him. And neither do I. That is why we need. Although what he says does make sense. An elder coming, a very powerful elder that needs to feed off of vast amounts of power to get strength, and strength for what? I don't like this just as much as you probably don't like this. It's not my problem. Forgive me, but this issue, she moves around to like the Ashenbrenner complex, the Tevi thing, I have tried to put it behind me, the most important thing on my mind right now, and what I need to get back to. Please understand that I cannot be away from this for too long, and that I need to find where it's starting because i have i have two crucia vampires in my house and my family does not like new people two crucias they are sick they are infected they're nearly alive again you see and they're counting on me to fix them as well as every other youngling who's losing their gift so i need to make sure that they stop doing the stupid thing they are doing i know rosamond please i Kiernan put me in charge of looking after the affected. And as far as I'm concerned, nothing is going to happen to them on my watch. Look, Rosamond, if you feel like you need to go back to back today and report what you see, I can't stop you. I don't have the power to stop you. But I think it would be very important for you to bring this information to Kiernan and to relay this and then go back. But if you do insist on going, I'm going to tell Kiernan that you were there. He will know, and he will probably call on you to relay the information. I'm also going to invite you to talk with me at the safe house that they're keeping everyone so that you can see, because I want, I wanted your opinion anyway. I wanted to bring a member of your clan over, and you're the only one that I trust. That is very kind of you. Um, in your eyes, Simona, you can tell that this is not just about getting home. This is, like, a severe psychological issue. Like, it goes back to her backstory of, like, she can't be away from them for too long without feeling completely out of control. And she just goes, Ashenbrenner will be a very good witness, and I understand. It is... My family, I love them dearly, but they do not like it when one of us disappears. It's not good. We d they don't do well when this happens. So please relay my message to Kiernan that I am working on it and I have come across a breakthrough, but I need to get back to it. And she's hyperventilating tears. She looks behind her at like everybody like saying sorry, but she's like, I, I can't deal with this. Right now, I can only deal with one thing, and this yeah. is not one of them. So, to yeah, you everyone can see that this is actually physically affecting her. Like, there's um, it it, it appears as if it's it's not just a psychological. Like, she her eyes are more sunken in. It looks like she's low on blood, even though the color is um, like you're not getting that the sense that she's starving. But there's definitely something. It, there's a, a withdrawal, like a drug addict. 
there's constant chatter in a, in a Tremere's head. Um, they hear and sense each other over great distances, and the Chantry absolutely is in contact. Unless they're sleeping, it's like having eight or nine noises in your head, and then all of a sudden, you know, or someone who lives in the city and then moving out to the country and having no noise. Those first couple of nights, how bad it is, like I need to, you know, I'm not used to not hearing, you know, sounds and ambient noise. She doesn't ha- she hasn't heard the noise. And now that she's back, she still is, she's not hearing it yet. Um, that's a side effect. She's not feeling well and it's it's affecting her. This is why I'm allowing I'm giving her the choice, but I'm I'm it I'm, you know, definitely hammering in that I am if Kiernan asks, I'm going to say that you were there and you had to go back and report today. You had to get back to your chantry. That's fine by her, but she really needs this to, like, she really needs to know that they're not going to be upset with her because she's been fighting for their approval ever since she was a vampire and a young one, so... Go, Rosamond. So Horatio's been having this internal debate, um like his gentleman side versus his revenge side now, I guess. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't feel great about letting Rosamond walk by himself and wants to offer to walk her back. But okay. he's also like bigger picture slash maybe get some revenge. So I don't know how, how I should resolve that because as a player, I can't resolve it myself. Like I can't figure out which would be the better. Okay, so what's what's higher, your willpower or your humanity? Um, I think they're both five. Bastard. Um, all right. Yeah, they're both five. <laughs> Flip a coin. Shit. Shit. Uh, what? So let me ask you a question. You've lo- you just recently lost. Um, you just recently lost Agnes. Yes. Uh, someone who's very dear to you. Rosamond has been with you for, you know, you've known her for months. She was there, you know, when you when you were embraced. She was one of the people that congratulated you. Uh, you feel she's not Malkavian, so she's somebody that you know in the city, and you don't have a ton of allies yet as a young vampire except inside your clan, and that's turned against you. Um, how do you, how would you feel if something happened to her and you didn't walk her home? Um, yeah, he would probably, that would probably be like the final snapping point. So, you know, you, what you could suggest is, is that they swing by and get her, you know, close to home and then take go to the prince. You're only delaying it, you know, you're, you, instead of getting there at 1 a.m., you'll be there at 140. Okay. Um, you know, if that's going to keep Horatio, you know, at least a little bit more stable. Yeah. Uh, so- it, it's probably not a bad call at this point, especially because, and to Paul's point, is Tevi in the area? Probably not. Does he have other people? And are they watching the Chantry or watching her to find out where the Chantry is even? Could be. So, yeah, Horatio, then, you know, Ms. Henshaw, I, I totally understand your desire to get back to your, your family. These streets are not safe for our kind. You have been made known to one of our myriad enemies. At the very least, allow us to share a carriage to bring you back either preferably to the Chantry or should you desire to keep its location secret, at least within a much closer proximity to the Chantry so that you can set this old fool's mind at ease that I know you made it back to your domicile safely. She goes, oh, Horatio, you're not old. You just, 
You just got here. You just joined the party. Please, if you would like to escort me home, I would be happy of the company. I miss actual people. You know, um, werewolves aren't nice. Well, they weren't werewolves, I know, but still, please. All right, so everyone's going to pile into the carriage and drop Rosamond off on the way. Ashenbrenner, are you leaving the studio? Um, I think, um, all my sketches are dead. The place is, I mean, if it was a Jackson Pollock painting, you'd mm. be brilliant. Okay, gotcha. Um, my, my metal case with all the rare stuff is uh, still sealed up under lock and key. Correct. Like, even if that got kicked around, yeah, that's still not going anywhere. No, 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 that was, actually, that's one of the, that's probably what Steffi was sitting on, not recognizing that it was, you know, anything beyond just a trunk. Like, oh, I can sit here. It was probably gotcha. the most comfortable thing that was left after the two of you were bashing around. Oh, yeah, then, then yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm walk out with everybody without a second thought. Okay. Like, I was engrossed when everybody was talking. Um, like, we could even argue if I picked up any of the, the discussion of, uh, you know, the younglings losing their their teeth or any of that sort of thing. Um, right. When I stopped talking to Edmundo and after I offered the, uh, the head, I was kind of just like, cause honestly, it's like, this is astonishing. This is beautiful work. You know, I wish it wasn't at the, you know, the, 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 again, the fucking, you know, I wish it wasn't at the expense of my fucking sketches again, but, but it's like, is it, did it, or did it just make them, different like th it, maybe this is where you know you put one of those uh satin uh what yeah, are they a little a little a little um stanchion out front and yeah stanchion yeah, yeah. and and you and you show everybody <laughs> frenzy you know like <laughs> i mean is, you know what it's is... like it's like if you are in the mood for a pizza you want right. a pizza and then someone's like hey i have a calzone it is literally the same thing you get a pepperoni calzone, slice of pepperoni pizza. You got your mozzarella. You got your pepperoni. Yeah. You got your bread. You got your tomato sauce. It's not a piece of pizza. No, like it's you not. can eat a calzone and still be like, "I'm on a piece of pizza." I am begging you. <laughs> I am so hungry right now. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So what I'm saying is, yeah one one side of Ashenbrenner is like, you know, I've created something incredible, but it's like, you know, even if you write a really beautiful term paper. If it's not about Catcher in the Rye and your assignment was to write a beautiful term paper on Catcher in the Rye, it's it's a beautiful term paper, but it, I didn't fulfill the assignment. So got it. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So so, so yes, he still feels and, a little empty. A little I definitely empty. feel, and I feel like kind of doubly empty because it's like the whole, you know, to, to a really easy relation that everybody will get a really easy reference. Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk was just trying to have an espresso. That was his right. entire motivation throughout that entire movie. That super popular Bruce Willis action comedy, Hudson Hawk, right from the early nineties. Everybody knows how relatable of a movie that is. But anyway, <laughs> I did not get my espresso. So again, yeah, yeah. I've been denied my espresso. So right, yeah. Okay. Why was Andy McDowell ever a sex symbol? Okay, sorry. Yes. Moving. <laughs> Lots moving of questions, but for later. Yeah. For later. Yeah. All right. So everyone jumps into the carriage. You know, Rosamond is dropped off. You, you know, Kayla, the the whereabouts of the Chantry are, you know, they know the rough quarter. Everyone kind of knows roughly where it is. And if you really stood outside for 10 minutes and you'd get the feeling of, da -da -da -da, you know, somebody <laughs> would pick up on the Aww. fact that that's the creepiest building in the area. So 
it's not super secret. I mean, getting in is super secret. I mean, that, that's why I picked up Rosamond, so I know where it is. Yeah, so yeah, you know Ash exactly where it is. Knew. That's why I didn't care if everybody else knew. Yeah, so the the carriage pulls up. Edmundo jumps out real quick and, and, and helps you down. Waits for you. You know, everyone watches carefully as you walk up and tap the proper, you know, times on the door. Whisper, and then the door opens to its, you know, opens on its own. Give him a, qu- a quick wave. You walk in, and the door shuts on its own. Mm-hmm. And Edmundo's like, hmm, the Tremere. Make my skin crawl. Like cockroach. So he walks back in, shuts the door, so <laughs> and the no carriage takes for off. me. Darn. Well, that's not... <laughs> With Edmundo? I... He's more Lasabra than I am! No! <laughs> I know, I know. Sad brought up the actor from 365 Days, okay? <laughs> Tall, dark looking dude. I mean, that's every woman's thing. Is it? Kind I'm of. into Vikings. Well, <laughs> yes, I am too. I'm just saying, no, it's hard to resist that. All right, you know what? Just so we stop the Edmundo trail, he looks like Gene Wilder. Moving on. Um... <laughs> no, I'm a huge fan of the birdcage. You guys are pressing all the rap buttons all of a sudden. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> insert low growl yeah exactly <laughs> this is we should just call this the episode where paul makes sound yeah also ashenbrenner is still uh blood soaked stripped from the the waist up so he just he just yes. got into the yeah yeah just in case yeah you look like captain you look like errol flint from captain blood with you know <laughs> but just after a, like a, a more modern 2021 version. Yeah. The Eli Roth version of Captain Blood. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So you make it your way to the establishment of the prince. Um, Simona, of course, you're recognizable right away as you get out of the coach. Uh, the, they, you know, the, the secretary gives you entrance into the, into the house and uh, you bring everyone with you. You're all m- members of the camera, except for, of course, Evelyn, but Evelyn, you're well known. And um, it takes about 20 minutes, but then finally Kiernan comes walking, you know, out into the uh, the dining area, which is much, very formal, beautiful, beautiful building. Um, Simona, probably, probably the only one in the, in the area that was better was Elijah. You know, yours and Elijah's were about the same. Kiernan's is just a little bit better accrued mm-hmm. than, than those were. I mean, it's, it, you're all right around that same scale of just, grandiose design this one tends to be a little bit more of a of an, of an english feel than like elijah's had a more french provincial but you get the general idea it's just this massive dark oak room and you know with all this heavy furniture and stuff and he he comes in he's like oh well simona you've brought our old friends with us with you good evening ashenbrenner you don't look well are you are you okay i'm at the tip top of the mip mop, Kiernan. Excellent, I suppose. What brings you all to my door this evening? Kiernan, we are here to bring you information uh, regarding what is going on with the younger generations of um, members of the Camarilla. Well, then please sit. All of you here at, at the table with me, if you will. And he sits down. There's a slight squish as I sit because my <laughs> pants are absolutely <laughs> soaked with blood. Yeah, from all the non-werewolves we tore to pieces. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh that'll need to be recushioned. <laughs> I'm aware and my smile widens just just <laughs> just a little bit. Is... Please don't act like a toddler in a bad diaper. Just don't do that because <laughs> you're you're really that's kind of how you're making you're making me feel right now and it's it's uncomfortable. I mean the whole evening's been uncomfortable. Okay. Jeez. Um Everyone sits down. Evelyn's not exactly happy to be in the same room as the prince. It's It's been a hot minute. Um, especially since coming back from Spain, it's like, bitch, I don't need you. You're in my seat. Right, and Edmundo you left outside, correct, at the couch? Oh, I would not bring Edmundo in here. Not what, after what happened the last time I let a Sombra in without, like, telling him first. Um, no. Edmundo's outside. Around the corner. Guarding our carriage. Yeah. yeah. We walked up. It's good for the okay. humors. Anyway. <laughs> forgot what I was going to say here. Got too focused on the word humors. Um, good use of the word. Good uh, one offload around Kiernan. Yes. <laughs> Kiernan, we, as Simona said, uh, we bring you information not only about the situation that is unfortunately befallen the younger members of the city but also um she turns to uh the good doctor this part isn't mine to tell but i believe it's relevant yes well i was waiting for the formalities to get out of the way but uh prince Frazier, i come bearing two signs of ill tiding the first is that Agnes Sorel is dead. Um, and he looks over at Ashenbrenner as he says the second part. The second, which is directly related to the first, Morghese is beginning to awake. And Mitzi, through either manipulation or delusions of grandeur is doing what she can to assure that happens. So when he says that about Agnes, like that cuts through everything kind of jaw dropped. And then the thing about more gaze, it's just like, ha 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 ha. So I'm suddenly very, very present. Mm -hmm. Um, how, where am I sitting in relation to the doctor? Probably next to him, the way the two of you are. Gotcha. Uh, I'll put my arm on his, on his, my hand on his shoulder and just, just kind of wordless shock and a lot of stuff happening. And I'll take it off yeah. and put it back on and just like, yeah, cause this is, this is weird. Cause the last time I hung out with more gays, was it uh, priest torture? Because I wasn't actually able to get in touch with her on the night of the uh, the great. Um, it was after the priest Wolverine. torture when we got the uh, prophecies. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's right. When we saw like the real Morgays. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So all right. Yeah. So that's definitely yeah. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Okay. Cool. Oh yeah. Okay. So Kiernan, obviously, Doctor is tries to maintain a, a, a level of composure, but says, my uh, condolences for the loss of your sire. Mm, thank you. That can be a 
difficult thing for a vampire newly embraced to or have to go through. It's a great ordeal not to have that guidance. But that is obviously a secondary concern to your other piece of information, which is that the eldest vampire on the British soil that we're aware of is stirring from her torpor. Um, how interesting. And you've seen, you know, is this just the ravings of your clan that she is coming, she is coming, Doctor, or...? Uh, the last time that I saw Morgays in person, she vomited up blood, shouting tastes of ash. So I believe it's a bit more than the usual eccentricness known amongst my clan. She spoke. If you would call it that, yes. I see. Hmm. And have any of the rest of you experienced anything from just, and I, doctor, please do not take offense, um, can corroborate that Morgaze is actually awakening? I, 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 I take you at your word, doctor, I do, but I know that the clan of Malkavian sometimes does drive those especially newly embraced to see visions and I'll cut in and say we made a priest be naked together he's not making this up yes you and no. the doctor no Morgay's uh, yeah I'm a, I'm a little scattered uh, so her Morgay's projection uh, her and I it wasn't a date She's not a. She's not. A, she's not a girlfriend. She's a friend who is a girl who's apparently an elder, <clears throat> an ancient. Yes. So yes, the doctor is not making this up. The Malkavians are not mind fucking him, unless they are indeed mind fucking me as well. Which <laughs> after tonight, <laughs> woo ha! Um, but I don't believe I was being mind fucked. Uh, <clears throat> I'll get quiet again. And uh, to your point, uh, Kiernan, I, I hope you don't mind if I use your first name, but uh, to your to your point, um, yes, uh, visions are a part of it as well, as I had one of those uh, on top of everything else. And I don't know how much stock to put into it. At the time, I thought it was a strange dream, but... No, I'm less certain. Well, I think the correct response would be to say, oh, fuck. Um, you certainly can say that. So, the old... It's been quite a long time since before my embrace, um, and several centuries earlier, before that even, that I have uh, was aware that she was last awoke. Um, this is definitely uh, troubling news. Well, I thank you for bringing it to me. Um, <clears throat> why is Ashenbrenner covered in blood? Why? Why is he naked? Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna look down at myself and then 
am I? Oh, goodness, yes. Well, <clears throat> remember the naked priest that I just mentioned Morgaze's projection and I tortured and made naked? Okay, well, apparently, either his tormented soul or a projection of his tormented soul led myself and Ms. Henshaw into some sort of hallucinatory, lycanthropic, temporal adventure, or what have you. Ah, uh, long story short, um, we really need to talk about your promise to help find Rabbi Tevi Brankowitz, because apparently he's been made indispensable, and I can't use him as an umbrella holder until we get information from him. He looks at Simona. Simona, what is he saying? Tevi Brankowitz infiltrated Dear Ashenbrenner's studio, and placed a spell upon him and and Rosamund Henshaw of Clan Shamir and placed them under a spell that caused them to believe that they were taken to another time. They Like anthropic temporal, <clears throat> etc. Yes. <clears throat> yes. It was brought to my attention that Rosamund Henshaw had gone missing and it had occurred to me that I had not seen Ashenbrenner in some time, so... I decided to take it upon myself to go searching for him with the help of Dr. Jackal and Evelyn Wolf. And when we got to his abode, there was Tevi. In the city again. He was in the city again, yes. He came to impart a message. I see. Promising Using... information. Yes to present a message using um, Ashenbrenner and Rosamond as the stationary, if you will. Um, Happy to be of service. What excellent service it is, my dear. He claims to be concerned about the elder vampire Morghese's presence, saying that he is aware of it, and he is aware that she is draining the power from the younger generations of the Camarilla. Excuse me? That is what he said. There's a legend. There is lore. And Simona is correct. So that's why none of the other cities have been affected. It appears so. Presumably so, yes. If his story checks out, then yes. He promised... He... He will be delivering information to one of Evelyn's offices in the coming days. He will bring us... And Doctor, do you know where she is at the moment? Well, there. She was in the countryside. Uh, that's that's where we had been summering. Um, Agnes got a terrible, terrible feeling of what was to come, and she and I decided to make our way back to the city. And I was uh, tasked with retrieving some holy water, and we were going to try and make it so that her usual resting spot was no longer open to her. 
And when we were on the cusp of achieving that goal is when Kush attacked us from the shadows like the utter coward that he was. And uh, that is the last that I know for the obvious and possibly too obvious answer would be that they wanted that resting spot protected so that Morgays could be returned there. However, the fact that I made it out tells me that they may not be keen on reusing that spot as well. Kush and I did not resolve the conversation in the way that Mitzi probably had hoped. So Kush is directly responsible for the death of an elder? Um, yes, at the direction of Morgays, but yes. Then he has to die. Oh, um, he will. I just I need see. him to wake up first. <laughs> I see. And, Doctor, if, and I'm going to ask this of you, and I assume your answer in front of me will be the one that I would want to hear, but I hope that you'll be honest with me and tell me if it's something I don't wish to hear. If you were able to come by the information as to the location of Morgay's, would you be willing to tell me where that is? Morgays, again, by extension of Mitzi, is directly responsible for the death of the love of my life. It would please me, there are very few other ways possible, that would please me more than to see Mitzi's plans unraveled. So, yes, Kiernan, I would let you know. You know, friends, I feel... I wonder if I am not partly responsible for this. Um, perhaps the closing of the Hellfire Club and the beginning of the assemblage of older and finer vintages of blood coming into the city in preparation for the festival in the next few months might not have stirred Morgays from her slumber. Especially if she has the wherewithal and the abilities to drain the powers themselves from the younger vampires, leaving them helpless. She, uh, I wonder if I didn't almost create a tonic that caused this problem. <sighs> Not good. Very well. Um, obviously, we have to tread carefully. The, <clears throat> the tenants of the Camarilla are very specific. I cannot just destroy an ancient one um, without quite a bit of conversation with the Justicars and those involved in keeping vampiric society safe. To my knowledge, with the exception of Agnes, who she did not directly 
kill, as we understand it, but may have suggested it to be done. Cush did that deed, and Cush will be punished. The doctor says he's going to see to that, and I believe he will. I don't know of Agnes doing any other harm yet. We believe, or you believe, there is a theory that she could be responsible for this. So before I contact the law of our political organization, it must be, we must be absolutely certain of our facts. So when you receive this information, Evelyn, Simona, Dr. Ashenbrenner, please make sure to pass it on to me tomorrow evening and let us take a very careful look at it. Perhaps we can even have one of Clan Tremere here also to go over these documents and make sure that the legends are plausible from safe sources. And if that is the case, then we have a very serious decision that needs to be made. Perhaps the answer is to put her back into a state of torpor, uh, not killing her. Perhaps the situation is, is that she does need to be destroyed if she is so corrupted that she would unleash such damage upon her own kind. Unfortunately, I cannot make that call by myself. Speaking of the plausibility of legends, why is Morgaze the only ancient we believe responsible for this? Is she the only ancient we know of that isn't just a legend? There are elders coming, Ashenbrenner, that have been invited, but very few of the ancients, the fourth generation, um, the fifth, are out of slumber. They come out, and then the call to sleep is very strong. Uh, that is why Cain does not walk the earth, except in once every millennia, sometimes longer than that. But how do we know, Kiernan? No one knew Morgaze was alive until she revealed herself, quite frankly, to me and then to myself and the doctor. Uh, you're, you're right, Ashenbrenner. I, I, I don't know. It could be another ancient that, is, that has stirred. Um, it could be someone else doing these things, that not Morgaze. The doctor has just told me that, you know, they did try to feed her and she stirred from her torpor and screamed that it was ash in her mouth, but that doesn't just mean that she's also able to take the actual potency from someone's blood from a distance. I, I, I guess we'll have to wait to see if the legends can corroborate that. Is it possible that the anus, Tevi Brankowitz, is perhaps running some sort of grand scam on all of us? Does he have magic that powerful? I bit into a werewolf. I tasted its blood. It revitalized me. He was able to change the qualities of blood in my mouth. And he's just one human. Well, um, I believe the Tremere, from what I am told, can also make their blood more be potent for a period, can increase the strength and potency of their own blood. So the magic may be there. I, 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 
but you're sure it tasted of werewolf or it was just stronger than human? Uh, so I guess out of character on the sheet, I added those three points. So at that moment, was that mental or did I actually get those three points back? Was that actual or just to the you, best of my knowledge, I, it was werewolf blood. You're con- you, you are convinced that it, that the blood was strong. Gotcha. All right. I'll, I'll share that. I was convinced that the blood was that of a lichen. <sighs> That's troubling. Hmm. Ashen Brenner, you you bring up an amazing point, and for a man whose reputation tends to be chaotic at time and thought and art, I uh, I applaud you for the insight. I, it, I think this just also demonstrates, my friends, how serious we have to take this and how careful we have to go before we we bring anything to those who would have the ability or potential ability to to make a decision and calling on this and then, you know, enact whatever needs to be done, whether she's entombed in stone, whether she's taken off the Island and chained, thrown into the sea, whatever, whatever the final decision is. Um, Ashen Brenner brings up an amazing point. Could Tevi have an ulterior motive for removing an ancient? Um, he says he keeps a, a track of us and how many of us there are in the city at any time. I was under the impression that we were pretty good at subterfuge and obfuscation. But if a pus-filled anus like that can keep track of us with his network of human spies, I'm at a bit of a loss. Again, in keeping with the peace, I have done some things that are a bit unorthodox compared to other princes in his time or in their time. I have kept a Sabbat vampire here on staff to because her network was great in, during her living, you know, her living years. And I have trusted the fact, and I believe that all vampires are members of the Camarilla, whether they like it or not, but um, I have worked with her and attempted to slowly bring those who see things differently back into the fold. And in doing so to keep the peace, there was a time when any new embrace that was given to a clan, not the actual particulars, but a general overall number was maintained, and that number may or may not have been shared directly with Tevi when we were closer allies before his betrayal. So he may lower have my some... head in, into my hands, just s- staggered. Kiernan, <clears throat> why did you feel it necessary to give him accurate numbers? Part of the arrangement that I had with Tevi was at first because Clan Tremere to me held a lot of power and I had needed their help on several key matters 
And it's always good to have a contingency plan should someone decide to go bad on you. So the human mages would have been an excellent foil should I have needed to put the Tremere into a defensive position or eliminate them. I could have turned them loose on each other and then picked up the pieces. It has been over the last decade or even more. Well, decade. That the, the clan has proven itself very loyal. They have been an excellent primogen. They have come under the wing of my of my government and my claim as prince. They have backed it, supported it, and that slowly began to erode my relationship with Tevi. I felt more comfortable with the mages we had in-house. Um, you make decisions and sometimes you regret them. But... To say that I he knew everyone's address, no. But there was an agreement that we would keep control over the population so that feeding would be maintained in an orderly fashion and the masquerade would be upheld. I'm doing it now, Ashenbrenner, by closing down the Hellfire Club. We have to tighten our ranks. The humans are not stupid. They are catching on. They will find us one day. And Tevi already knew we existed. It seemed like a good thing to do was to keep him close. So rather than dealing with this human snake, you decided to close down a nightclub. I say we make Tevi a priority. And I'll hold up my hands. I understand that some might think I have some sort of personal grudge against this little spidery pustule. But that's neither here nor there. I feel like he is up to a lot more than he should be, and he certainly has information that he should never have been privy to. So I say we maybe put a little focus on him, and rather than coax the information out of him or cajole it lovingly out of him or massage it out of him. I say we remove it from him like one would remove a cyst from their scrotum. And then once we have that information, discard him as one would a cyst from one scrotum. Because I don't believe that he... <laughs> is merely trying to uh, protect us from the awakening of an ancient. Or certainly not only that. I hear your counsel, and I think that it is sound and prudent that we take this step cautiously. Evelyn, all of you, please, let's get the books in hand. Reach out to your contacts. Reach out to anyone who is involved in any mysticism, I will have the Tremere look into what they know, and let's see if we can understand exactly who we are dealing with. Are we dealing with Morgays draining the power of the young ones in preparation for her final awakening, where her hunger will not be able to be slacked by anything but the blood of those who are beyond, you know, human in, in 
potency of Vitae. Like mages and the Fae and us. Or are we dealing with a mage who has already attempted to manipulate the power struggle in this city once before and maybe up to something even more nefarious this time? Let us say that we will reconvene here tomorrow night at midnight, if everyone is able to do that. Is that acceptable? Yes, and you mentioned earlier about having someone uh, from Clan Tremir come. I Might I recommend Rosamond Henshaw, as she was there and part of Tevi's unfortunate spell? She could provide some insight, and she has some first-hand experience. Oh, the spell was excellent. As far as lycanthropic temporal adventure spells go, it was absolutely unparalleled. Yes, and Ms. Henshaw had also mentioned that she is working on this uh, regression issue on behalf of they, and I assume that means indirectly for you as well. So she would have multiple facets of information available to us. I will reach out to they and ask that she be a part of it. I'm, I'm sure that the clan will send at least her, if I ask, and any others that would have information that will help us all make a better choice. I cannot thank you all enough. It seems I'm going to be in debt to you again. This was not easy information to pass on, I'm sure. And doctor, again, you have my greatest condolences. Um, once this situation is settled, we should see to finding you someone who can help with the rest of your guidance and training. It's not good for any vampire to be without a sire, let alone one who at times can be overwhelmed by the gifts that they have been given. And unfortunately, that sometimes occurs. So, yes, well, Kiernan, but, there is one small matter that I believe you may be able to help me resolve more openly than I originally intended to, but, well, the Kush is out of the bag, as it were. Uh, Kush is presently taking a nap in a mortuary drawer in my private laboratory at uh, the university. Is he? This is ah! not something... I will take the doctor's hand and pump it vigorously, if you allow. <laughs> of course, I was waiting for that. That was excellent. This, this, this is, yes, thank you, Ashenbrenner. Uh, this is not something that is a long-term tenable solution. I was originally going to uh, ask either Ms. Wolf or Ms. Delatore for guidance on how to proceed, as you say I am rather new to this uh, life experience. Uh, but since the cat is out of the bag, uh, what shall I do with Kush's body? Bear in mind, he shall be executed for his crime. However, to put him to final rest in such a state is not befitting. He must experience one small iota of the pain that he has caused me, or I shall forever feel unsatisfied. Hear, hear. Doctor, now that you have told me that he has taken the life of a vampire of a lower generation, uh, and I have declared it, I will write up the paper. I will make 
notes in my journals saying that I have declared him <clears throat> anathema. Cush's life is forfeit. If you're asking me how to awaken him from torpor, I am probably old enough to stir him from such a state. What you do with him after that, I really don't care. Yes, well, either either that or we can shelve him somewhere, quite literally, until he wakes up on his own. Uh, I am in no rush. There are more pressing matters that need to be addressed, and I really do want to take my time with dear old Cush after he's awake. I do not see this being a quick matter, and I would hate to be distracted by more pressing engagements. It's not a one and done. Okay, so he, uh, yes, he offers you, he says he can keep him here in one of the very, the many subterranean vaults that he has, that he's had dug below the house, and they will keep Cush under lock and key with the, with a solemn promise that <clears throat> nothing will happen to him until you and whatever friends you choose to engage into the questioning or ending of Cush's days, um, yeah, Kush would be safe here. Just he he can have him collected and brought here. Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll make arrangements then for yep transferring the body and all that. Okay, so that's where we're gonna park it for tonight. Big reveals, big stuff, and I gotta say, bringing the uh, the idea that Tevi is a snake in the grass, Eschenbrenner, excellent, excellent look at. That's going to uh, definitely open up some avenues that may have been missed if you just went along with uh, the whole. Oh, hey, everybody, we're good. Well, I don't like him very much. I'm, yeah, I'm no, I get was, it. That was, no, I, I, absolutely. I don't, I don't that like was also something that I think would have been brought up when Rosamond was back in the room because that was yep. uh, something that they were leaning towards was the whole blood sex club or whatever it was. Yep. Uh, and maybe somebody in that they started feeding in Whitechapel. So there's, you know, I think that was yeah, going to no. come back full circle one way or the other. I love it. I think it's yeah. great. So and it does it does play into everything. So good job, everyone. That was some awesome RP, guys. Good job. That was a big night. So I hope everyone had a good time. Um, from all of us here at the Bardic College, though, get this one done, put it in the books, and we'll see you next time. But Paul, Lauren, Kayla, Mel, Mike, thanks, guys. It was a great job. Good night, everybody. Good, good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.